This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. Many, many years earlier in my career, I did some professional speaking. I did two types of professional speaking. One was that I spoke at many different industry events, some of the events that we had in my own company, just a number of different places where I was able to speak and talk. And I talked about customer service and talked about leadership and many of the things that I actually talk about in these podcasts. But there was also a moment in time when I was a really professional speaker in the sense that I got paid to speak. And I would go out and, and do professional speaking engagements and they would pay me money. And hopefully people liked them because I got to do it a number of times over and over and over again. But I found myself leaning towards a particular type of professional speaking engagement that at the time I didn't understand it. But as I went through it, I learned something so very valuable. And that was that when I was professionally speaking, I had a desire to and intention and seemingly was a little bit successful at not only being a, a professional speaker in the areas of customer service or leadership, but I was also able to be a motivational speaker. And being a motivational speaker or an inspirational speaker or somebody that helps to engage and encourage people was something that I enjoyed doing. And so I found myself charging the same fee for a completely different set of hours, which means that I charge the fee to speak for one hour or I charge a fee to speak for one hour and then spend the entire day with the company. And what was crazy was it was the exact same price. So in other words, I charged the same amount of money to speak for an hour as I did to speak and then spend the entire day with the organization and with the leadership. And the reason I did that was because I hated speaking for just an hour. I hated speaking for just an hour and I loved being able to speak, then going back and talking to the people in the company, talking to leadership, seeing what the things were that we talked about and how they applied to what they were doing and what they were actually planning and doing. And I learned a really important lesson and that is if you're gonna be a motivational speaker, if you're gonna be a motivational leader, it's not really what you say but it's what they do after you say it. That is the real sign of a motivational speaker. It's not what you say, but it's what they do afterwards. And welcome to Podcast 113, because today I want to talk to you about being a motivational leader. I want to talk to you about four attributes that you need to be a motivational leader. But I'm not going to stop with the attributes. I want to show you what your people should do or should be able to do, or capable of doing, or you should see that will show that the motivational words that you speak, the motivational goals that you set 
are actually motivational because the people actually do the things that you want them to do. So in other words, I want to talk to you today about talking the talk, but getting the walking the walk from the talking the talk. So are you a motivational leader? Are you someone that motivates? And I said earlier, I used the term inspire because you can't inspire people too. But whether you motivate them or you inspire them, we're not looking for that motivation or inspiration to be for a moment. We're looking for that to turn into action for your folks to do something that maybe they wouldn't have done before, but they did it because you provided the motivation or the inspiration for them to do it. Or maybe someone on your team did it, or maybe something you wrote or something that you said. And, and by the way, that's my goal for these podcasts. I, I hope that these podcasts are motivational to you. I, I hope that there are things that you can learn and you can do, but I really want to see the doing. They need to get you to do something. And if you heard one that you really liked or maybe you passed on, but you didn't actually do anything, that's not motivational. You need to go and do something about them. So let's talk about the four attributes of being a motivational leader. Number one is you have to be passionate because you can't fake passion. Do you want to go to work in the morning? Can others tell? Are, are you the kind of person that exudes passion? You have a passion for the work. You have a passion for contact centers. You have a passion for the company. You have a passion for engaging with people. People can see it in the things that you do. They can see it by your attitude. They can see it by how early you arrive at work. They can see it by your preparation, your attention to detail. They can see it by how intentional you are. Are you a hard worker? Do you take the extra time? Do you do the extra work? Are you a hardworking, passionate, focused leader? Would people describe you as passionate? Or do you only get passionate when you get hacked off? Or only get passionate about a couple of things? And I'm not talking about somebody that's so happy, bappy, and so crazed passionate that you can't stop being passionate because everything you're passionate about because you just exude passion all the time. Not talking about that. But I'm talking about somebody that, that really feels that the people can tell. And then if you are passionate, is that a passion that you share with others? Is your passion infectious? When people are done talking to you, do they feel your passion? Can they apply your passion? And then do they go make that passion happen for them somewhere else? Do you surround yourself with passionate people? Do you surround yourself with people that have a passion for their job, for their employees, for your company, for your customers? Do they have a passion in a particular area? Are they passionate about technology? Are they passionate about coaching? Are they passionate about quality monitoring? Are they passionate about connecting with their frontline employees or whoever it is that work for them? You see, when you're a passionate leader, when you motivate people through passion, what you're gonna see is that you're gonna find that your employees work harder for you. They give you discretionary effort. I love Aubrey Daniels. I've done some podcasts on this in the past. He talks about discretionary effort. It's the effort that you receive from employees that you never thought you'd get from them, never thought you ever could have accomplished from them, and actually more than you actually thought you ever deserved or expected to receive from them. Well, when you're a motivational leader, your passion comes through. It makes people work harder for you. It makes them give that dis extra discretionary effort. 
and they work harder than you ever possibly could have expected. And that's where your passion moves to their motivation in the things that they do. Second up, in order to be a motivational leader, you have to be somebody that's confident. You have to be confident about what you do. Do you exude confidence? Can people count on you? Are, are, are you the kind of person that when people are around you, they want to be around you because because you exude and display a confidence and an expectation that things are going to get done, which also means that you have to be prepared and you also have to have a strong team around you because you can be really confident, but if you've surrounded yourself with a bunch of fools or a bunch of people that can't actually help you, you're not going to exude the kind of confidence that you need to in order to motivate your employees to do the things that you want them to do. Are your actions confident? Are you an act person or a react person? And yes, there are many instances in a contact center with all the curveballs that we get thrown that you have to be reactive. But I'm looking for somebody that's action-oriented. Are you out there fixing issues? If you go back and listen to my last podcast, it was all about being a problem solver, being a problem solver leader, someone that fixes things. That confidence that you have in yourself, that confidence that you have in your ability to get things done is something that translates over to the people that work for you. Because people that have a confident, motivational leader are people that are willing to take risks. They're willing to take risks because they can see your confidence. They've heard the confidence in your voice, in your words, in your direction. And they're willing to take that confidence and use that confidence in themselves to go get things done. They'll work harder for you if you're confident. And the reason that they'll work harder for you is because of your confidence, they have an expectation of something positive coming out. And so with an employee that works for you, that's motivated, that has an expectation that something positive is going to come out, that's willing to work a little bit harder, that's willing to take a risk, you're going to get more done. More of your motivation is going to translate into their effort and their work and hopefully to their success. Next up is that, is that you can't be confident if you're not competent. And you've heard me mention this in multiple podcasts. Are you competent? Do you really know the business? Do you really understand contact centers? Do you really understand the position that you're in? Do you understand the new stuff and the old stuff? Because that kind of competence produces, produces people to listen to and hear the words that you're saying because they know you get it. They know that you understand that you're competent to do your job. So again, they want to follow you. You'll know that you're competent when your superiors and your leaders think you're competent. Can they tell? Does your leader, does your leader's leader, do they see you as competent? Do they see you as someone that's successful, that gets things done? Do they see someone that's willing to volunteer to take on new projects, to take on bold goals, to actually do things that make a change? And are you someone that's competent because you surround yourself with smart people that are also competent? And you surround yourself with smart employees, you surround yourself with smart vendors, maybe you surround yourself with smart consultants. If you've heard enough of my podcast, you know that you surround yourself with a smart mentor. You surround yourself with people that input into your career and maybe into your personal life, smart things that you can use that make you more competent. And when you're competent, you draw talented people to come to you and they also stick around. 
your ability to draw smart, competent people to you that can excel, that can grow, that can shine under you in your organization is the end-all, be-all to being successful. Because if you can get those kind of people in, you can give them an environment and a challenge where they can shine and they stick around, they'll draw more people in. Their, their confidence and their competency will then fall down to their people. And what you've done is you've just built an organization that's motivated, that's going after things, that's getting stuff done. And the other thing that happens when you're competent and when you draw in these people is that they win. They don't win all the time, but they win enough to know that, hey, listen, this is an environment where I'm empowered by a leader who's competent and who I have the ability that I can work with and I can get stuff done with that person. Because remember, we've already decided that in order for you to be a motivational leader, you need to be passionate, confident, and competent. That's the kind of leader that somebody can follow and get things done. The fourth attribute that you need to have in order to be a motivational leader is you need to have vision. You have to have vision. Yes, if you're the president of the company, you definitely need to have vision. But if you're a frontline supervisor, you need to have vision. If you're a contact center manager, you need to have vision. If you lead QM or workforce management, do you have a vision? Do you have a vision for your job? Do you have a vision for the people that work for you? Do you have a vision for the project that you're working on? Have you shared it? Have you shared your vision with people? Is it a clear vision? Is it understandable? Can you communicate it clearly? Have you gotten buy-in from some of your other employees where it's a vision that's been contributed to? Is it a vision that your entire team can get around? Maybe it's just a brand new idea and it's just the start of a vision. And that's okay too, because you can build on that vision. But you have to be able to share it. You have to be able to communicate it. And it also has to be, not every one of them, but they have to be bold. They have to be worthwhile. Your visions have to be engaging. They have to be sticky. They have to be something that people can rally around. Being someone that has vision is someone that can see the future. I didn't say you could predict the future. I didn't even say that your vision was necessarily correct because not all visions are correct. It'd be really great if they were. But you know what? If, if it's bold, if it's worthwhile, if it's engaging, if it's business changing, career changing, bonus changing, promotion changing, pay raise changing, there's a chance it might not work. And not all visions work, but it has to be clear and understandable. And when you get buy-in, your chances of it not working get lower and lower because you've gotten buy-in again from hopefully smart people that are like you. And when I have a vision as a motivational leader, my, my employees buy into my goals. They buy into the opportunity. And when they buy into your goals, when they buy into your opportunity, they see how they fit. And you'll know that you've accomplished a great vision when everyone sees how they fit in. Every part of your organization, every part of your team, every part of your project members, they all see where they fit into your vision. And when somebody sees how they fit and somebody sees and buys into your goals, then they'll take action. And that's really what being a motivational 
leader is all about because it's not what you say, it's what they do. And if you're passionate, you're confident, you're competent, and you have vision, and you take those attributes, your people that follow you are going to embrace them, and they're going to take your motivation, they're going to take it into their ears, and they're going to use their feet, and they're going to use their brains, and they're going to put it into action. And they're going to communicate it to the people that work for them, and they're going to get stuff done. You know, sometimes motivation can be as small as just getting somebody to get up from lunch, get back into their seat, and take that next phone call. And so sometimes the things that you say, the things that you do, the things that you email, the things that you send them, sometimes produce very, very small actions. And sometimes they produce really grand glorious, wonderful, super big actions. But in every case, when you're a motivational leader, it's something that I say or communicate that gets them to do something. How are you doing at the do part? Are the words that you say, are the things that you write, are the actions that you take making your employees move? I hope so. I spend every day in this particular part of the contact center world, which is trying to help motivate and encourage leaders to be the very best that they can be. You see, in order to be a great leader, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of focus. And I tell you that week in and week out. If you're listening to these podcasts, you're putting some of the time in necessary to be a great leader. But I'd love for you to take some of the stuff that I've said or maybe some of the stuff that your mentor is telling you because you've gotten one at this point or you're encouraging the people that you're mentoring to go do some of the things that you've told them to see the talk the talk turn into the walk the walk. This is podcast 113. That means there's 112 that you can listen to. Are you listening to them? Are you taking in the words and turning them into action? How have you done this week? How'd you do last week? Go make it so. Go do something that's going to change your paycheck, your bonus, your job level, your career. Go make it so. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.